And now it's time for Eastcast and reports from coastal stations. East Utsira, West Utsira, South West Utsira and North North East Utsira. Wind South West, rain at times, good. Forties, fifties, sixties, Tyne, Dogger, German Bite, French Kiss and Swiss Roll. Westerly becoming cyclonic, good. Right here in London's East End. Operating at any level, any time, anywhere, and with anybody. Who are they? One might be your secretary, your doctor's receptionist, or a dancer in a go-go club. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Now, now, now. Hello and welcome back to Eastcast here on Resonance 104.4 FM and DAB. Eastcast is a monthly delve into the arts, the culture and the community bubbling away in East London, but as always, resonating way beyond. So wherever you're listening, good to have you with us. I'm Pearl Wise and I'm here with Jessie Lawson. Hello, I'm going to be sharing a, a teaser episode of a new upcoming series of Now Then. And we'll be talking to Laura Mitchison and Gary Malloy about an intriguing sound walk based around Homerton in Hackney. And later we have live music from genre-defying East London-based Dishy Tangent. But first, we're joined by dancer and choreographer Alessandra Sutin, um, ahead of Reckonings at Sadler's Wells, which is uh, showcasing, uh, showcasing new dance talent in October. Welcome, Alessandra. Hi, good evening. Good to have you with us. So, um, tell us about reckon, what you're doing for Reckonings and, and what it is exactly. So, I've been commissioned to create a new work um, with a social political undertone, and I'm creating a piece called Boy Breaking Glass, a 30 minutes piece with a cast of 12 people, seven dancers a vocalist and five live musicians. So is that quite... Um, is your practice is kind of introducing dance, but with musicians, with other experiences, it's not just dance? Yes, I always work on multidisciplinary. I use voice a lot and live music a lot in my work. And so you said it was kind of sociopolitical. Um, so what, what's the theme? What, what are you exploring in this piece? Um, the theme is the idea of, you know, a boy who's breaking glasses around him and windows because he can't break the glass ceiling over his head. Okay, so we're looking at glass ceilings, um, not being able to access um, yeah. things. So, is there a kind? So, is it? Um, is there a kind of race agenda? Is that what you're talking about? Well, I'm black. My yeah. cast is mainly brown skin. So, yes, there's definitely a race agenda, but it's opening up to the world. And it's, again, this thing, can we speak about race in the UK? But I'm going to open it up again. Great. Um, and your so your dance company is, um, from what I've read, but you'll tell us more, I, yeah. I imagine, um, is about kind of really bringing... I guess bringing more African dance and contemporary dance together and combining the two. Is, is there a big divide? Well, there's a bridge, I guess. What is contemporary dance? That's the right. big question. Yeah. Because um, I believe contemporary dance is about new expressions, new movement. And what I'm doing 
is um, contemporizing African traditional forms, bringing them into the new world and recreating new movement with it. So therefore creating contemporary dance. Mm. But I, I imagine a lot of contemporary dance already uses a lot of those movements but without kind of saying that that's what they're doing exactly yeah (laughs) so you're kind of saying actually this is you know this is where these movements are coming from and you know trying to kind of bring that to the forefront in some way yes and somehow i wish i didn't have to say what i'm doing it's movement at the end of the day it's movement and that's what we're doing yeah so um tell us about vocab dance yes um that's your project your your group well, what is it exactly well that's my company but your it's company. alessandra certain slash vocab dance um and i founded vocab dance in 2007 but i re-identified the company as alessandra certain so my name came back to the forefront whereas before vocab dance was more at the forefront so it's now one and i'm i am vocab dance and i work on the projects and different projects here in the uk but also internationally so so what else are you working on at the moment? Well, at the moment I'm also working, I'm going to Brazil to present my solo, Cécile Pas Noir, um, which I created in 2013 and has been touring ever since. And I'm also working on another performance called Giant, which will be performed in Brussels uh, in the early uh, winter. So for the piece that you're doing at Sadler's Wells, you are one of, I think, four? Three. Three, okay. And so each um, choreographer is presenting something different under this Reckonings umbrella. Can you you kind of tell us a little bit more how, how that works? So we have three very different choreographers. One is Botiseva, who's more hip-hop theatre, and uh, you've got Julie Cunningham, who's much more contemporary, but uh, exploring identity and gender as well. So I I guess, and then you have me, a black female. um, And I I think it's a quite, you know, eclectic group, and I think it's something you've not seen much on Sadler's Well, so it's exciting. It's new voices, new energies, and I guess... It's opening up to a different audience, so it's. I think it's going to be a very exciting night. Um, so when is it? It's on the eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth of October. Great, and so and this is to celebrate the twenty years of the existence of Sadler's. Yes, Wells. twenty commission, twenty years, and we're one of the commissions. And and reckonings is really about new talent. Yeah, and I guess the name reckonings. Um, you know, Eva Martinez, who works at Sadler's Wells, decided to uh, to put that name as an umbrella in order to find a way of bringing everyone together. And yeah. I guess that's 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 what the title is about. Um, in your press release for this, um, there, there, there was mention of something called uh, Germaine, which I've never come across. What, Someone. <laughs> it's a person. Yes. Okay, so what, what, who's Well, that? Germaine Aconi, she's my mentor and she's, uh, ah, she's okay. known worldwide as the mother of African contemporary dance. She's currently nominated for a Bessie Award for her a solo work. She's 73 years old. And she's she's like a, a pioneer in African contemporary dance, and I trained under her, and I also teach her technique worldwide. I see. And so, 
Is there, um, how accessible is it? Are there more people kind of com- doing African contemporary dance or is there, is there a need for more more places that um, where we can experience Well, it? the school that she created, Ecole mm. des Sables School of Sand, is based in Senegal. So I trained there as well on top of training here at Laban Center, a contemporary dance school. But I guess now there's so many people. Every year there's more than 100, 200 people going at the school. And those people are from the five continents. So it's kind of spreading worldwide. So, yes, you can go and train there. But there are others like me who have that training and teaching around as well. So it's spreading. Mm. So... um for people who want to see you, I yes. will remind everyone again, it's Tuesday 9th and Wednesday 10th of October. 11th. 11th. I've got, <laughs> got it completely wrong. Okay. At Sadler Wells. Yeah. Um, and, um, and it's really accessible price-wise as well, which is really yeah. important. It's I £20 for any seat, so you can get yeah. the best seat for £20. And yeah, so book now so you won't be disappointed. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Alessandra. Thank it, was, you. it was really a pleasure to, to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, so now from dancing to walking, um, with a new sound walk exploring uh, a recorded history of one of Hackney's unique uh, cultural institutions called Centerprise, um, we are here with Laura Mitchinson from On the Record and Gary Malloy, um, who features actually in one of the recordings. So, uh, Laura, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, so tell us, um, before we kind of talk about um, this sound walk and I guess the, the, the Hackney Autobiography, which it, it's the, the title of this, um, tell us what On The Record is and, and how you got into this project. How, how did it come about? Well, On The Record is a cooperative, an oral history cooperative, we work to tell untold stories, not for profit. And I guess we've always been interested in heterogeneous spaces where lots of different worlds collide. And Centerprise in Dalston seemed like such a place. What, what's Centerprise? I think you should ask Gary because he actually lived it and saw it. Gary. Centerprise was like a community centre and our estate back in the late 70s was quite near Centerprise. It was a place where people would stop off from Ridley Road after doing their shopping for a cup of tea and have some West Indian food. And it was like they would have book launches and poetry evenings way before it became trendy to have it. (laughs) So it was a really lovely centre and people would always pop in to see each other. Uh, and what happened to it? Where, why did it shut down? Oh, well, this is a long and contested thing that I might get <laughs> sued by Hackney Council if I go into too much depth. But as you all know, Hackney's changing, money's coming in, existing residents getting pushed out. So it's part of that story. Um, and uh, yeah, on the record, wanted to do a project. I remember this cultural institution that combined all these different kind of cultural and welfare activities under one roof. And we wanted to kind of, I guess, intervene in this narrative that creativity is something that came into Hackney by artists moving in and be like, well, actually, there was all this amazing stuff going on 
seventies, eighties, nineties, and we can we can map this stuff and share this intangible heritage on the map of today. So that's how a Hackney autobiography came about. And so what is it? <laughs> well, it's a few years ago since I made it, so I had to <laughs> re-familiarise myself. But basically, um, we did this project where we interviewed loads of people that worked at a new enterprise. My colleague Rosa wrote an amazing book called The Lime Green Mystery, um, an oral history of the Centerprise Co-op, which gives a really in-depth, discursive look at the inner workings of the space. And um, I worked with Gary and lots of others to create a free mobile phone app called A Hackney Autobiography, um, which is a series of immersive audio tours exploring different publications and campaigns that were associated with Centerprise. So should we hear a little clip from it? Or, or do you want to talk about something else before we do that? Yeah, I mean, should we introduce... Uh, so there's a series of, of, of walks that you can do, and yep. the first one that we're going to play um, was made in collaboration with Gary's group, and it's called Inside Out. Yeah, I can share a bit about Laura and On the Record when they came in to Core Arts. Yeah, oh, tell us what Core Arts is. So Core Arts is a award-winning mental health charity based in Homerton, and people there have experienced the mental health system and they come in to use different creative classes and it's been around since 1992 so Laura's group came in to record people's stories and to then get them out like for people to have a voice and then people could follow this journey through Homerton listening to different people's stories of experiences through the system and it was a lovely way of you know accessing people's stories and creating self-esteem in people by sharing the story. So so really this sound walk is created with uh, members of the community and, and it's their voices? Well, it's yeah, it's kind of what... So we, like Gary said, we came into Core Arts with a load of these old books that Centerprise published in the mm-hmm. 70s and 80s and we got Core Arts people to reinterpret them for today. So there's bits of dramatising these old texts but also voices of core arts members today because a lot of the people that use core arts now knew centerprise right so there was a right. natural so link. A, the connection yeah, yeah it felt like centerprise was providing a forum for hackney people to publish their stories and histories so was core arts doing the same thing today right but also with yeah. core arts members sharing their story that built a lot of self-esteem right yeah, yeah. within the members who sometimes hold on to those stories and keep them kind of hidden. So by getting those stories out and then people going on a tour, listening, it was a wonderful way of almost getting stuff out and I think a lot of confidence was built through sharing the stories. So should we, should we hear something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Track one, Homerton Station. Welcome to Inside Out Homerton, an audio walk, exploring birth, Mental health and social care. Choice and provision. Offered inside. And out of the institution. When you're ready, exit the station via the ticket office and listen. 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 I am the voices in your head. At your ear. Behind your eyes. 
left and right. Guiding you. Up. And down. Now. And then. Here. And there. Inside. And out. I am the, I am voice the voices you choose, you choose to, to follow. follow. Settled between your temples. An echo round your lobes. A low-down, beat-up town voice. Stand now, with your back to the tracks. With the train lines behind you. Turn right. Turn right, down Berger Road. Walk 40 paces. And stop by the bridge. The low, overground bridge. The pedestrian underpass up, on your right. So it's really, it is a guided walk and, yeah. and people, you know, you, you can explore Homerton through, through this walk. Um, so what happened? Like, tell us more. Well, I'd love it if that was the kind of, I guess, the poetic, the poetic sat nav to kind of guide you in the beginning bit. But I'd love it if we could play one more track, mm-hmm. which will actually share how we mapped an old book published by Centerprise onto a location that it is linked to in the present day. Great. So this is the kind of the big scary underpass at the bottom of Mackintosh Lane. Track two, the underpass at the bottom of Mackintosh Lane. Walk straight up Mackintosh Lane toward Homerton High Street. Walk straight up Mackintosh Lane. We're going back in time to 1911. Before the NHS and Mr Bevan. Imagine it before. What deals were done. What poverty stung. What hunger clung. What sickness sprung. Imagine the potions and poisons and choices. What prescriptions were written. What remedies were dealt. And who? Who is that peddling backdoor cures? With a mixture of history and myth on his breath. Here comes Dr Jelly, good old Dr Jelly. Pinch him in the belly for a penny. I can see him now in his high hat, his frock coat, his turned-back collar on his three-wheeled bike. He was ever so good. I wish he was alive today. I would go to him. I remember the man himself. He always wore black clothes and a bowler hat and was a very forthright man. And his trousers were always baggy all over the place, and he had no creases or anything like that. He spoke in a monotone, all one long tone with no inflections in his voice. He had signs plastered all over the front of his shop, complaining about the police. He used to cut certain words which he indicated by a long dash, and left you to fill the swear words in. He didn't carry a Gladstone bag. I've seen him walking along with his stethoscope hanging out of his pockets. He wasn't like an ordinary doctor who would have a house in a very reasonable area. Jelly lived among the people and this made him conspicuous. Are you at the top of Mackintosh Lane? Stop. In front of the corner shop. The Polsky Sklep. On Homerton High Street. Stop. Stop there. Stand still in the present. We have an appointment to keep with the past. Great. So, we're at our appointment. What happens next? <laughs> well, the Polsky Sklep sells a lot of uh, nice Polish ham, and that was something that Dr Jelly, back in his day, liked to prescribe. So he had this almost holistic view of medicine. Um, 
And this book, Dr. Jelly, The Three Penny Doctor, was basically a collection of anecdotes that Centrepreneurs harvested from postmen, radical dentists, uh, sick formers, and combined into this work of kind of collective people's history. Um, so it's interesting to share that material in situ today, I reckon. Mm. And also, core arts has a similar way of, you know, helping people with health aspects, sports programs, and creativity. In this time, you know, it's similar to what Dr. Jelly was doing back then. So people sharing their stories of what helps them, sports, art, it was a wonderful way of looking at where we are now and look at what was happening all those years back. So it's interesting, this kind of, so, you know, during this time you had someone prescribing kind of a, a bit more of a holistic approach um, and then we got into something very medicalised and now people are realising that actually, you know, doing things like activities and art and things like that are actually really beneficial and it's not all about taking pills. So that's what Core Arts really promotes mm -hmm. and I think the project was as well that by being creative and active and you know doing these activities it really helps people's mental health yeah. and a lot of the stories Laura was sharing when we came in was around that. Laura, um, so... This is quite a historic. What we heard is quite historical. Um, did you? Uh, do we get into a kind of a more modern uh, outlook and and um, sort of centre prize in in its m more modern kind of era? How how does it progress the sandwich? Oh, totally. I mean, well, this one takes you right up to, uh, you know, through the sort of grim institution that was the Hackney Hospital right up to core arts today and there's the next track is a you know a lovely story from from Gary um which might be interesting to listen to okay phone boxes one listening one talking one calling one answering or two voices talking, talking at, at once, once. Hello? Are you there? Hello? Are, Are you, you there? there? Hello? Gary Malloy, painter, poet and mental health activist. Checks his pockets for change. Have you absconded from hospital in 1990? I'd found myself coming across this phone box in Homerton. Typical, smelly, broken phone box. But opening the box... It telephone box it stunk inside and the windows were all broken the phone still worked and I had 10p in my pocket so I put the 10p into the phone got through to my dad the seconds seemed to take forever to go down the conversation only lasted about 20 seconds but it did seem like 20 minutes it was almost as if this place was a sanctuary I think I even stayed there till he came and picked me up. I thought he was going to take me home, maybe for a slap-up dinner, have a chat. How was the weather? No, 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 no. He took me back to hospital. I was in there again. Hello? Are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Voices coil, 
and call down the wires. And wind and dial up through the years. Walk with them a little. Continue in the same direction. Along Homerton High Street. Find the sign to the old Hackney Hospital. Up on your right. Set in stone block capitals. Yeah, so if you want to access it, you can go to www.ahackneyautobiography.org.uk and then that will show you how to download it onto your Android or iPhone for free. Okay. Um, So there's something else that you want... There's another project that you wanted to tell us about? Um, Is this part of the same project or is it something completely different that that On The Record have produced? Well, it's not On The Record, but it's one of our collaborators with this project. uh, Okay. A young photographer called Sophie Poliviu and she's got an exhibition coming up at the Stour Space in Hackney, 3rd of November, and it's photos that she did for this project... Um, and it's a chance to actually hopefully delve into some of these publications and do some workshops with us around um, the history of Centreprise. Okay. Sorry, Gary, you, you wanted to say something. I think it's just nice to have it recorded. Yeah. I think because Centreprise is gone now, what On The Record did really kept that alive through the book. And the pictures and the stories are so poignant. I think it's lovely to have a record of it because people still do talk about Centreprise and it was such a place, you know, in the community that it's nice to have that to look back on, even if Centreprise isn't there. Yeah, and it's a really imaginative way of recreating, you know, what, what part of what it was about. How did you find, was it easy to find people that were involved or had a connection with Centreprise? Well, yeah, I felt like Centreprise people rolled deep, you know. <laughs> it's like one of those projects where, oh, you've got to speak to so-and-so or Rita in the cafe. And, you know, it definitely felt like it accumulated force and audiences and participants. And people were passionate to share their stories because it was such a, a lovely place. People were just willing to record and share stories and brought a lot of memories back for people just to share you know, and, and then listen back, give people a voice. Yeah. Which I think Centreprise was taken away. Yeah. But at least people had the voice through the project. But I guess then Core Arts kind of helped, um, you know, re- enable that, that sort of community spirit to continue. Is uh, You know, it, I guess lots of people um, found themselves in Core Arts from Centreprise. Yeah, and I think just for for core arts, I think for people there, it was self-esteem building and confidence building to share the stories. I think that was the most thing, because within the mental health system, stigma can be still quite strong. And nothing was really mentioned around people's mental health conditions. 
just as stories were important. I'm quite interested in in the process, actually, Laura. Mm. Like, how was this made? So you you gathered all these stories, and yes. then you know, just listening to some of the clips, it's you know, it's very imaginative. It's sort of dramatized. There's lots of sound effects. How did you take those stories and then make it into this kind of more, I guess, uh, poetic walk? Well, I think part of it stems from me having such terrible sense of direction that I needed to give the satnav a sort of poetic feel or it wouldn't be true to my own experiences of wayfinding. But just to kind of... I suppose it was trying to find the stories that linked back to Centerprise, you know, in that walk particularly. And there's there's four of these different walks, all with a different flavour. But in that walk particularly... We wanted to represent mental health experience because a lot of service users had congregated at Centerprise. It was where the Mental Patients Union started, which was the first kind of user-led group that was saying, hey, psychiatry is a form of social control. Stop, you know, forcing us to be treated. Give us proper housing. A real sort of Marxist dimension to mental health. That all started at Centerprise. People that now use core arts were inspired by centerprise books so it was about i guess keeping that focus um on the networks around centerprise alive but yeah there was a lot of i guess drama poetry workshops creative foley all that kind of jazz to piece it together and then the the actual production, who who did that? Me and um, a wonderful lady called Isa Suarez. Okay, and so just lots of soundscaping and mm-hmm. and using all that and stuff that you recorded and bringing it all together. Yeah, and for that one, for the Inside Out, it felt like you know this is a mental health walk. It's interesting to explore the voices that are in our heads as a kind of a vehicle to actually navigate you around because Mm. voices in your head aren't always negative scary diabolical voices you know in a lot of cultures and places there they can be kind of guiding or almost religiously significant so maybe it was yeah playing with that as well it seemed too interesting to not explore and actually that inside out idea came from core right maybe changing that mental health problem yeah mental health issue or condition doesn't have to be a problem because we have you know, voices or something or mm. people have hear voices so it really helped to tackle that stigma or mm. get people thinking about and talking about how you know voices and what does it mean to share experience voices yeah yeah um i mean i, I did a project quite recently around uh, schizophrenia and and a lot of the people I talked to told me about how actually some of the voices are really positive and and it's not we get we have this idea that it's just this kind of negative voices and it's all evil terrible things and actually some of them aren't at all and it's you know but it's the combination of voices that makes it so tricky sometimes um, you have one more clip to play us. Um, okay. I think this is about something called Food and Frontline. What? Yeah, so this is a completely different walk from the same hackneyautobiography.org.uk app, um, but it's based around Ridley Road. And, yeah, 
it's uh, if you imagine that you're at this clearing near where they sell, I think they sell suitcases there now, about 50 metres into the market. And it's between the bagel shop, now called Tasty Buds, and the butcher. Tasty Buds and Pack Butchers. Walk a little past the Tasty Buds entrance. Find a spot to perch between Tasty Buds and Blood Red Pack Butchers. The stalls thin out around a raised platform. There's space to watch a performance. This scene comes from 1947. A typical Sunday evening in Ridley Market. At that time, Pack the Butcher's Shop was the Ridley Arms Pub, a fascist haunt. In place of halal meat, pork scratchings. The fascists led by Oswald Mosley, prepared to preach in the open air. Hitler gave them a bad rep, so they needed to rebrand. They wore neat grey trousers and called themselves patriots. The fascists didn't realize they were being watched. Spies from a Jewish resistance movement had infiltrated the fascist ranks. The Jewish resistors were called the 43 Group. They had eyes, ears, and undercover operatives all over Hackney. Morris Beckman, one of the original 43, was waiting in Amherst Road for their reports. Sunday, June the 1st, 1947. The Ridley Road Spectacular was about to give another performance. Information came from intelligence that the fascists planned a blockbuster of a meeting. Bernadette Halpin, editor, worked with Maurice Beckman on a book about his experiences in the clandestine 43 group. And I can't imagine really how it must have felt to be someone like Maurice, who'd come home, who'd come back to his house in Amherst Road, who had lost so many of his friends from Hackney Down School, and then to discover that this kind of um, hatred of Jewish people was back on the streets. Morris Beckman, like many 43 group members, was a Jewish war veteran. Ridley Road was his patch. The place his community shopped for pickled herrings and potatoes. At five minutes to seven, we drank the dregs of soda-tasting tea. We walked towards Ridley Road along a narrow pavement and found ourselves in a throng of people, mainly young men, all walking the same way. And he would feel physically sick at the prospect of what was to come. I think not just the anxiety about being hurt, but the actually having to hurt other people. We walked alongside one group of fascists and in front of others. They eyed us, and we eyed them. No one spoke or made a hostile move. Don't strike a match, said Sam. We'll all go up with a bang. I bet you wonder whose country this is. Oh, the shops all have Jew names. You pay rent to Jew landlords for your stinking slums. Jew boy employers sack you and give your job... There must have been over 400 people clustered around the speaker. 
Two Union Jacks flapped in the wind. I guess because they had military training, which was very useful, they would form themselves into wedges or arrowheads and they would literally pierce the crowd and they would head directly towards the platform. That was their one purpose, was to drive towards the platform and stop the speaker. And then the commando struck. I glimpsed the arrowhead on our side, drive through the fascist stewards. The people in front of us were pushing back with alarm, panicking to get away from the fighting around the platform. Police in uniform were tearing into the melee, trying to separate the combatants. Women were screaming and the chanting, down with the fascists, went on and on. I found myself trading punches with a stocky youth wearing a leather bomber jacket. He kept yelling at me, fucking Jew boy bastard. For decades, the 43 Group's direct action against fascism was forgotten by all but a few grizzled old commandos. Rejection after rejection from commercial publishers led Morris to Centerprise. Undoubtedly, the main reason he wrote the manuscript was so that the 43 Group would not be forgotten. And I think that was very important, given some of what had been said about Jews not fighting back. Ridley no longer has a strong Jewish presence, but the Jewish fighters leave another trace. Their warrior food, bagels, remain. Tasty Buds serves bagels with Jamaican jerk chicken and South Asian curry. So that that was a, a clip from the Hackney autobiography, which is a whole load of projects under one umbrella, um, which I don't think we made clear. But now, now we get it. Um, so... Uh, do you just want to tell us where to find everything? And you said that this this was from a book as well that you wanted to mention. So, yeah. Yeah, just to clarify, that was from another memoir published by Centerprise. And you can find all of this material and much more about the project and the book at www.ahackneyautobiography.org.uk. Thank you. And Gary, do you just want to tell us about core arts? Yeah, just for people looking for a creative endeavour or the sports programme, which can be so helpful for people suffering from a mental health condition, breaking the isolation, having a structure. It's very near the Homerton Hospital, core arts, or within the Hackney Wellbeing Network. But it can be so important to be around people. And that's the best thing about core arts just to attend classes in groups, talking to people and breaking the isolation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having us. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so for the one of the first times, I think, we've got something slightly related as the next thing that we're playing, which is um, it's an extract from an up- upcoming episode of my podcast series, Now Then, which is an oral history podcast series um, sharing the stories of people who are over 70. And this, um, so this episode hasn't come out, it's just like a little taster, and it's about a man called Daniel, and he lives in Hackneywick, and I'll let him 
say everything else. My name is Daniel Haim, spelled H-A-W-E-M-S. It's a very common name in Israel because in Israel, every second name is person or third, fourth person is Haim. Like here, uh, no, like the Muslims got Muhammad. Everybody is Muhammad. In India, with the with the turban, everybody is Singh. Anybody who asks what's your name, this is Singh. Everybody is Singh. So in Israel, like everybody, not everybody, but many people have got that name, Haim. And I'm just one of them. My father was born in India. His father and mother and everybody were born in India. But my mother was driven out with her parents from Iraq. And they drove all the Jewish people out from Iraq. So some fled to America, some went to Israel, some came to India. And my mother's parents came to India. And that's where they introduced her to my father and they got married. When I was in the military, 1960, before I came to England, so one of my very, very good friends as a brother, he's more than a brother to me, him and me, we couldn't part. We were always together. People thought we were brothers, but we were not. We were thick friends. So one day, this is a very good uh, story that has happened to me. So one day he's telling me, we got eight days free now, uh, pass, to go out of the uh, holiday for eight days from the camp. So uh, I said, I got nobody here. My parents are in London. I got nobody here. So his uncle lived not far. The camp was here and it's not far. So, so he's telling me, you eight days, you aren't going to stay in the tent, are you? I said, well, what do you want me to do? I got nobody here. You got your uncle, go. He said, nope, I'm not going without you. I'm not going one hour without you. I told him, you're on. Let's go. Then I packed my things and he came. And he, when he opened the door, he saw my friend, Joshua. Joshua. Hey, Joshua, he hugged him. Yeah, yeah, hugged him. Who's he? That's me. Uh, Joshua said, this is my best friend, Daniel, his name. Oh, Daniel, come in, come in. He shook my hand. Come in. Nice of you to come. He was an old man, the uncle. Whose son are you? Daniel Himes. What is your father's name? I said, Menahem. Oh, Menahem. Did you say Menahem? I said, yes. He said, who's your mother? What's your mother's name? I said, Muzel. Oh, he started crying. Muzel. He started crying. I said, why are you crying? It's my mother. He says, do you know who I am? I said, who? He says, I was the man who cut the grass when your mother in Aden. I was a worker. I loved your mother. She was only four years old. And she married a man called Menahem Himes, that you, the name you just said. 
And your Moselle's son? I said, yes. It's a close world. It's very close. He says, my God, how is Moselle? I said, she's in London. He said, I wish I could go to London to see her before I die. And of course, six, eight months later, he died. He didn't see my mother. My, when I came to, to England from the military and all, I told my mother, you know, you're a grass cutter man. I met him. I met him. She said, what? How did you meet? How did you know? I said, my friend Yoshua took me to him. I caught she said, how is he? She started crying. How is he? He was such a nice man. He used to, he used to do everything I tell him. Such a kind-hearted, nice man. Where is he? I said, he's in Israel. And I think I heard he died. She said, oh my God, such a nice man. He used to cut the grass. I said, yeah, he told me that. He told me that. See how close the world is. How small. Joshua first introduced me to Elvis. So he's saying, you know what, I, there, there is a cafeteria there. Let's go in. I want to put 10 pence and play one record from somebody. You want to come and hear it? I said, yeah, why not? One, two, three. He put on Elvis' Jailhouse Rock. When I heard that record, I said, oh my God, this is just what the song that I want. So we both of kept putting money in just to hear the song again and again and again. It was so entertaining, you know, uh, very entertaining and, and his voice was nice and I was feeling, oh, this, this shakes me. It, it really gets me emotion, uh, shaking. And I got his live shows in Las Vegas. When he comes on the stage like that and he looks at the girls, <laughs> the girls can't take him. They can't take him. He just has to look at them with a microphone like that. That's enough. And he, he, he gets me badly, that fellow. That's why I got all Elvis. Everything in my house is Elvis. <laughs> when I see him live shows, I, 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 I learned his actions. And that's how I, I decided I, I'll dance on the stage. And many a times, I'm sitting in a bus and people say, are you, because they've seen me with uniform and all, you know, are you the man who impersonated Elvis? I said, yes, I am. They shake my hand, oh, yeah, yeah, you are. Many people have done it. And I told him, make the music loud, because when I hear him loud, I get highly emotional. And I, I can't take it. I have to act like him. I feel he's inside me. I feel that way. And I, I take it out like Elvis. <laughs> what else can I say? And when I feel him inside me, then I act like him. Then I suddenly change. You know, like, like for example, I'm saying, uh, um, what's his name? Michael Jackson. When you talk to him, people talk to him, they interview him and all. He's, he's a different person. He acts like a, like a young boy or like a child. He acts like, you know. 
but when he's on stage, he's a different person on stage. You see, so when I'm like that, I'm a different person. But when I'm on stage, then I act like him. Only when I hear him loudly, I got to hear him loudly because when I hear him loud, it it gets me, you know, and I I I I feel irritated. I must dance like him. I must. It's me. Yosho told me, my friend Yosho is saying, "I told you, you should come. Now you know my uncle better than me, because he has looked after your mother. It's a close world. It's very close." I said, "Yosho, we can never separate." And ever since I came to England, he doesn't know where I am, my friend Yosho. He doesn't know I'm in England. He suddenly I vanished. Because my father sent me the ticket and I, I came. I didn't know where he was, you know, another city, another town. And ten people, ten people since the years I'm here, are going to Israel. I told them go to the county council and look in the computers for this name, Yehoshua Baruch. Ten people. Including my sister, she went and she came with it. I tried everything. She can't find it. I said, "The man is alive. He's not dead. You must find him." Ten people came back without his address, and still today I can't find his address. Just think, the day I find his address, or he knows where I am, the world will shake. I think so. I'll I'll fly there the hour the hour I'm here, and if he knows, he'll do the same. So that was an extract from an upcoming episode of Now Then podcast, um, and now we're joined in the studio by Reason Sustained Sonic. Doctor Dish and Fitz, hello. <laughs> and you guys. <laughs> you also go by Dishy Tangent. So what? What is Dishy Tangent? Dishy Tangent. What is it? What does it it's mean? A, it's a new sound. It's what does it mean? Sound. Well, yeah. it's Dishy, like us lot, obviously. <laughs> and then a uh, tangent, because we're at a tangent to all genres. You don't really go in them. You know, like a tangent line. And how long have you guys been playing together? Um, about four years now in total. Fitz joined recently this year, newest member. Jason about a year before him. They were about six months before Jason, and then Wayne was me and Wayne was starting it. And how did it start? Well, well, it started. We was all in ba- different bands before, but we'd always gig on the same nights, and we sort of knew each other. And then me and Wayne started. Well, he was up the studio, yeah. and. Um, he was laying some guitar on some of my solo stuff and we was like, let's do a gig together. Let's name a <laughs> band. Let's have it. And Del was at that first gig. Jason was there in the crowd. Mm. Del was there in a f- about 12 bands at the time playing all different instruments. So he was like, we'll get him on board. Have a look back It's basically just like all come together really yeah. nicely. Naturally. Like naturally without much effort. 
Nice. I went to uni with Fitz. That's how we know yeah. each other. We, me and Ace and the drummer played in the band. Yeah. You haven't got a microphone, so... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you do all have instruments, so let's hear you come in to play some songs for us. Do you want to play your first song? Yeah, this song. Both our songs we're going to play tonight are acoustic versions of songs from our up-and-coming album, Jumping on a Bandwagon, second album out, which will be in December. This first one's called Don't Turn Your Back. <laughs> Here we go. coming out in November is that what you said in December December and where can people find out that'll when be available ma- online on iTunes if you type in Dishy Tangent you'll, we're the only ones on Google <laughs> that pick that name believe it or not <laughs> and if you type in Dishy I'm sure Tangent will come up quite <laughs> high up the list just pictures of you so yeah just get the website or Facebook Twitter Instagram, Instagram social media anywhere sweet and Spotify <laughs> and do you guys play live as well do you have anything else like that yeah coming up? we gig everywhere yeah all the time, all the time. <laughs> we've, got, we've got a quiet spell at the moment so we can get the album done the artwork and all the overdubs or whatever we need to add to it 
I have got a list of gigs right here somewhere that are coming up. Odell, do you remember? Do you want to take over? Okay, so um, yeah, (laughs) next gig is going to be on the 23rd of November down at Nambuka in um, Camden. We're supporting Blackheart. Nambuka's. uh... Okay, yeah, that was yeah. So I've got it here. (laughs) (laughs) Right, we've got 21st of November supporting Phoenix Calling at the Blackheart in Camden. And we've got, in January, we've got the 14th in Bristol, which we've done last January as well. It's, it's called Barbie, Bristol Barbie. And it's like all free alcohol, music <laughs> and fun, and we all have a good time. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, that sounds great. Um, let's hear your second track. All right. The second track's on YouTube at the moment already, because <laughs> we like to pre-release certain singles, as everyone does. Anyway. Driving bland, legless, ignoring the warning signs. Reckless, just to arrive on time when you're five behind. Why was time designed? And where will time take me? Who's to say? Case of all playing bass guitar in a wasted bar to a crowd of five when two of my brothers said they got me doing covers. Nah, that's not me. Some human do box for you to play. Well, it's not yet. But who's to say when it's life might lead? When I find my peace, my wife might be. I didn't know finding peace would be such a palaver See me? I'd rather be Now it's hard to see A champion fool when it hurts to see A tramp when I'm full I don't even know what to say Usually so full of words but not today Cause we don't know Which corner we are turning where we so much what excellent timing (laughs) um just to remind everyone that was dishy tangent thank you so much for playing and your sound um is quite different when it's recorded this was obviously an acoustic more acoustic version so if you want to hear what they really do (laughs) um, live we're different again live we're a lot faster on the album it's more like driving music it's a bit slower you take your time with it okay so um just 
yeah, Google Dishy Tangent and you'll you'll find them. Um, so it's time to say goodbye. Eastcast will be back soon on Resonance 104.4 next month, to be exact, with more sounds and stories from East London and beyond. In the meantime, you can find everything on eastcastshow.com. Um, you can also find our podcast on iTunes and all the other kind of podcasty places like Spotify and uh, I don't think we're no that's about it Um, (laughs) and so thanks for listening and join us again next month on Eastcast